It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anza, yes! Touchdown, we did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker, and I apologize, my voice is still not quite back. Unacceptable. Uh, definitely in this industry. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it kind of is. How many times since, like, mid-July or August have we had a show where both of us actually has, like, our... <laughs> we're, like, 100% in terms of our voice. Because <laughs> I went, like, a month and a half without having my voice. Yeah, you I went cut- for a while. And then a couple times you were gone, then like a week ago, I was kind of coughing and sputtering a little bit. <sighs> it's that time of year. Yeah, now it's my turn. I, I thought it's... I was done with all of this stuff. Yeah. Because I, like, I got sick earlier in the season already. Yeah, we, we've both had our times being sick, but we apparently, uh, I don't know, didn't please the karma gods or whatever, the sickness gods, and they're just like, yeah, just be sick all the time. <laughs> or at least... Take turns. Yeah, the other problem is that actually we will get sick, but like it doesn't last long. Like I'll be out for like a day, most. Or I think the last time it was just I was just sick over the weekend. It's like whatever, I was fine. But like the voice doesn't come back. We feel all right. The voice just sounds like you know we've just been punched in the throat and we go <laughs> to our radio show. Yeah, it makes it a bit of a challenge in our industry to do that properly but um so bear with me we'll try to do the best that i can uh to get through the show today um but very shortened show yesterday so we didn't get a chance to get through a lot of details we went into a little bit about utah state and that uh just utter collapse in reno last week um and illustrated how this team is having a hard time stemming runs like if another team gets a run going uh, and runs happen. It's just by how much and how what how well are you enabled to uh, getting to to stop that or counter it? And uh, Utah State really struggled to do that at Boise, and they struggled again at uh, at Reno and uh, University of Nevada. Uh, they've got a game tonight against UNLV, so you know they've they've played well at home and they've traditionally played well following a loss. But um, you know we're. We're in this pattern here where after that really hot start, they've been a, almost like a 500 basketball team since that really hot start where they didn't lose anything. Yeah, it's actually, it's actually a good point. They've, they went back and forth on uh, wins and losses after Weber State. They did go three games in a row with the win, but now they're back to, you know, since the start of conference play, uh, they've been kind of alternating. So, yeah, we'll see. Again, you mentioned how Utah State plays really well after a loss. Uh, we, we've brought up the stats on that before where um, in the three previous losses, the game after they've been averaging a 19 point win and like their closest win after a loss was the nine point win over Washington state on a neutral court. So still an impressive outing for them in that one. And uh, the other games after losses, it was like a 28 point win over Seattle and uh, 
the uh, 20 point win over Wyoming. So, you know, they're doing all right after a loss. We'll see this again. This is probably one of their toughest matchups after a loss that they faced. You know, Seattle is a good opponent. Washington State's a good opponent. UNLV, despite the fact they're struggling, they could be a really troubling matchup for the Aggies. They, you know, their style of defense and, you know, their ability to get up and down the court could cause issues for the Aggies, and it could be a bit of a trap. Or, of course, on the other side is if the if Utah State plays well on offense, there's every reason they could win this game by double digits. Now, it would take a really good offensive performance, similar to what they've done after other losses. But if they're able to execute against pressure and against tough defense, you know these Aggies are talented enough and savvy enough in terms of passing and moving the ball and shooting that they can still have a good offensive performance against a tough you know, UNLV defense. Yeah, this is a, a UNLV team that started out the year, like, really, really hot, too, like Utah State. Utah State, UNLV, New Mexico, they all started off the season really good, winning a lot of games, accumulating wins, um, you know, looking good for the conference. But uh, the tail end of the non-conference and then into conference play, UNLV has lost five of the last seven games. Those two wins at home versus Southern Miss and on the road at New Mexico, which was kind of stands out as an outlier because then they, uh, after that win, big, emotional, exciting victory and in the pit, and they come home and they just get demolished by Boise State and then get their heart ripped out from Colorado State, um, a game that... Um, you know the the Rams gonna make a dramatic play to send it to overtime, and then they win in OT. Uh, and Colorado State's kind of struggling right now; not a great team in conference play. So this UNLV, UNLV team is a bit of a, a, a perplexing team to figure out. Where they've they they've shown an ability to go on the road and beat a good team in New Mexico, but they've also lost like the San Jose State on the road. Or they got blown out to Boise State, or they lose to Colorado State at home. So, kind of an interesting team to try to figure out tonight for USU. Yeah, if it weren't for that one win over New Mexico, we'd be just straight up calling UNLV frauds, like just straight up say, "Yeah, you guys are frauds." Granted, they've played a you know a tough, you know, opening slate of of Mountain West games where they play San Jose State, you know, on the road, San Diego State at home. They go at New Mexico. You know, Boise State and then Colorado. Like Colorado State might be the easiest game they've played. But still, Colorado State was able to kind of come up and sneak up on them and, uh, and get the, the last-second heroics from Isaiah, Isaiah Stevens. So, it's been tough. But you'd have expected a team that started the year, you know, 10-0, and I think was receiving votes, you know, toward the end of that run, um, to be a little better um, than just the one win at New Mexico, probably their toughest game in conference play is the one they won somehow. Yeah, because they beat Dayton, who at the time was ranked. They're not, you know, they've certainly been different opinions about Dayton since then. So the, the, but the trick is they need to beat the number 21 team because they have two wins over teams that were ranked 21st. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At the time. New Mexico slid into that spot when they beat them. Uh, but they also have wins over P5 schools like Washington State and Minnesota. So, you know, UNLV was putting together a pretty decent resume going into conference play, but then, you know, they've, they've struggled as of late. But uh, not a team to be overlooked. 
they lost two, and then they beat New Mexico on the road. And they've lost two. Now they're back on the road again. So, you know, that's follow the pattern. It's doesn't, it may not bode well for USU. Yeah, and in, in playing at home is no guarantee. It's like, okay, Utah State's playing in the spectrum. Well, Utah State lost to Weber State in the spectrum. And we've already pointed out twice, you know, them going to New Mexico. So UNLV is very capable of uh, coming and getting a win. Like I said, matchup-wise, this could be a struggle for the Aggies. And so we're going to see how they handle that matchup and uh, if they're able to, you know, overcome some of the, the things that UNLV does on defense. That's the, that's the big matchup here is Utah State's offense against UNLV's defense. Especially in terms, it's not just that UNLV's defense is good, it's how they play defense that I'll be watching out for. Uh, reminder, if you want to weigh in as we preview Utah State and UNLV, and we'll hear from Coach Odom in a little bit, but if you want to weigh in, 435-339-0321 and 9315 texting in, what's it take for this team to stop the droughts in long stretches without a basket? Is it rushed or forced shots? Well, the thing I should point out is that whenever I've been following a team, it always feels like the team I'm covering has a tendency to just go long stretches without baskets. But you begin to learn that every team does that, um, at least in college. There are very few teams that are able to kind of escape that. And the trick is to, A, usually limit those to two or three-minute stretches. Avoid having them stretch out to four to five to six to seven minutes. That's the mark of, you know, good versus, you know, great teams or bad teams. Yeah, for USU and Reno, it was uh, they scored it with 8.58 on the clock. They did not put points on the board again until 207. I mean, I just I mean, you you're not going to win basketball games doing that. And it's not just like it the like the Fresno game where they didn't score field goals. At least during that stretch, they had like an 8-minute stretch where they weren't scoring field goals, but they were still getting points on the board with, with, with free throws. So you have to manufacture points. You know, be aggressive, uh, attack the rim, force them to either block your shot or put you at the free throw line. You know, two out of three things are going to happen when you do that, and two of those are good. Uh, they're either going to block your shot or you're going to make it or they're going to foul you and you go to the free throw line. Yeah, and I think the key is, you know, when you're, you know, manufacturing shots through free throws is you're getting good shot attempts and you're just kind of, as you broke down, just either foul, foul them or you let them, you know, you let the team make. Like, yeah, you force the defense into awkward positions where it's foul or allow an easy shot. Because, yeah, sure, maybe you're not putting actual field goals in, but you are getting points provided you can make free throws. And for 9 through one 5 like he's, you know, mentioning rushed or forced shots, for Utah State, it's just it's kind of forcing shots because so often when you know you see them get into these you know frantic situations where like, okay it's been like three minutes without a bucket or sometimes even three or four minutes without even a single point and instead of you know running play and finding a way to get you know a layup or a wide open three or something like that they kind of do a bunch of isos you get Max Shogo trying to break people down or. You know, Sean Bear still coming on the screen, and you know ways that are somewhat successful, but are re- relying a little too much on these guys' individual, you know, shot creation ability. None of which is really particularly good. Shulga's decent at it, um, and Bear is also kind of decent at it, but they're not great. And you end up relying on 
middling isolation players. And then that ends up breaking down because they're usually smart enough not to force a dumb shot in that situation. But they end up backing out, and then eventually it always seems to find its way to Dan Akin in the post. And, you know, I'm fine with the Dan Akin post-up every now and again because he's good at drawing fouls or just pushing his way into a decent hook shot or, you know, just managing to find a, a layup or something like that. He can work out of the post and do fine, but that's still a highly inefficient shot. And so they end up trading a potential three. You know, you run a play for a three, run a play for a drive to the basket, a good cut to the basket, where you've got finishers and shooters and you wind up doing a couple of isolations and a post-up. And you do that for three or four minutes and guess how many points you're going to have? Not very many. Yeah. So it just winds up being basically forced and inefficient shots for the Aggies for too long of stretches. You see, when they get on you know, good stretches of offense, it's getting out in transition. Even when they get into the half court, it's pass, 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 cut, you know, drive and kick, drive and kick. Eventually you break down the defense enough, there's a wide open guy for a layup, wide open guy for a three, you know, something. There's a good shot somewhere when they're moving the ball around and not relying on isolation and post-ups. Yeah, true. Very true. And that's unfortunately what things seem to, uh, as it tightens up, as the other team gets on a run, players, you know, whether it's conscious or not, tend to get into a hero ball kind of situation rather than sticking with the, the game plan, the flow of the team, and the players try to, uh, you know, take it upon themselves to try to break break through, and that doesn't always work. Yeah, they're just, they're just pushing for a shot, and it's not so much anybody being selfish, because it's usually a different guy doing it each time. You see right. Taylor Funk do it, you see Max Schuller do it, you see Bearstow, Akin. Everybody usually winds up taking a turn, but they're all doing the hero ball. They're not working together. They're still living in the spirit of everybody gets, you know, touches the ball and everybody can be the guy to make the shot, but they're not doing it in the right way. They're doing hero ball. They're doing isolations. They're doing post-ups too often. It's fine to have an isolation to post-up every now and again because that's just how basketball is not going to work. You're not going to have a play every single time down the court that gives you a good wide-open shot through cuts and screens and pick-and-rolls and, and, and spot-up shooting. But you need to have less of those inefficient plays and rely on those when everything else just kind of doesn't work. Yeah, very true. Uh, 8798 texting in. Uh, we're finding out that Utah State has no big men that can dribble or be efficient on the defensive end, and that we have zero depth on the bench. It's going to be a rough conference season. So you, there's parts of this I agree with and parts that I don't. Um, I mean, the, the notion that Utah State has no big men that can be dribble, that, that can be dribble, that can dribble, well, yeah, but you don't need one. That's yeah, you don't. That's not really there. You got a lot of other four other guys on the court who can. And really, the the main thing that you would want in terms of ball handling from a post is the ability to make maybe above average passes. Akin isn't that guy. He's not making above average passes out of the post or from the top of the key, where a lot of times big men will get those handoffs and they'll be you know dribble handing it off to somebody else so yeah they don't have anybody that can dribble or pass or whatnot but that's that's not what a big man's job is um in terms of being efficient on the defensive end that's kind of yes and no 
Dan Akin is good defensively, but not in the same way that most traditional bigs are. He's not a great rim protector, and he's a mediocre post defender. Um, and he has a habit of picking up fouls, um, you know, ticky-tack fouls. Yeah, of course, really inopportune times. Of course, according to him, he has never committed a foul in his life, based <laughs> on his body language. Yeah, I don't when think, you watch him react. I don't think that man has ever believed he committed a foul in his life. Um, but yeah, some of them are ticky-tack, but he, he does have a, a tendency. He doesn't really get in foul trouble, but still, he, he seems to pick them up at weird times. Um, but he's really versatile. That's his benefit. Is he a rim protector? No. And so in that way, I can kind of agree with 8, eight seven, nine, eight here, where it's like, is he efficient on the defensive end? Well, in some areas, no. You know, rim protection, and that's something that I tend to value a little bit more than versatility in terms of, you know, having a center that can switch. But then again, I'm not Ryan Odom, and I'm not running his defensive system. Where I think ideally Odom, you know, in his system, he probably would like to have a Dan Akin more than he would um, maybe a Trevin Dorius who's a bit better of a rim protector. Right, well, I think you could argue that, that Dorius outplayed Akin in the last game. Um, you know, 11 points, five boards, and only 14 minutes on the court. He was very efficient with what he did, but you picked up a lot of fouls in the process. Yeah, Dorius has had out. Dorius has had some big troubles with uh, fouls recently, where he's been getting. He's just Trevin is kind of a good rim protector. Um, the one thing that obviously holds him back is committing a lot of fouls, and the other is just some shot blocking instincts and technique in terms of. You know, being able to block shots. Like, look at Walker Kessler. He has some of the best technique of rim protecting I've ever seen. Um, it's kind of different from Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, like, Kessler uses kind of like a safe technique. Rudy Gobert just goes after the block, and he just gets it because he's just that good. Um, yeah, you can kind of watch Walker Kessler, and you can see that technique. And you also watch Doris, and he's not doing those same things. Positioning, you know, position of hands, verticality, and all that. Um, so Trevin's certainly improved, but he struggles to be good or great in some of the areas like rim protection. He's gotten a lot better at finishing, thank heavens. Uh, a couple more texts coming through. Um, eight, nine, six, eight. Historically, the Aggies play their tails off and even outplay UNLV only to lose the game somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always been some with UNLV. I mean, last few years, though, I think Utah State has uh, had the upper hand on, on UNLV, haven't they? I think they have. I think they beat Utah State last year at least once. Let's see. So, Where did they only play them once last year? Last year. Looking at last year's, and Utah State looks like they had one win over them, which was a... 90-75. to 75. Yeah, and that was the only time they played them, so they beat up on them in that game. And then the year before, we're going to look it up. Hey, Utah State hasn't lost to UNLV in a while because they... Uh, they did lose... Oh, wait, no, no, they, okay, they played them three times last year. They lost them on New Year's Day, 70-53. to 53. That was in uh, 2020, 2019-20 season. They also lost them in 2020-21. Okay. So, yeah, and that was the week where they played them twice in the one week, beat them in Logan one of those games, and then Utah State won 
the second matchup. And then Utah State beat him in the conference tournament. Oh, okay, I gotcha. So, yeah, so in the last couple of years, granted, that's not what 8968 is talking about, a very <laughs> much longer history than right. the three years we've gone over. Right. Historically, yeah, going back, uh, there have been some great battles between these two teams historically. Um, and it's, it's fun having them in the conference together, and, it, and it's fun having them both play pretty competitive basketball. Uh, we'll have more of your comments come through. We've got more texts coming through. We'll get to those, and we'll hear from Coach Ryan Odom, his comments about Utah State getting ready for UNLV tonight in the spectrum. And so we'll continue to get you ready for game day. Uh, Al Lewis and Jalen Moore, they begin their pregame coverage on KVNU starting at 6, and tip-off will be at 7. And as soon as the game is over, they'll be back on the air again with John Russell taking your calls and your texts and breaking down what happened in the spectrum. Kind of a busy night throughout the Mountain West. So we'll give you an update on who's playing where. We also have Region 11 boys basketball in action tonight. The stat that blew our minds and our player of the week. It's all ahead on the Full Court Press. And now, the, 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 the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. <laughs> what do you do if you're the Raiders moving on from Derek Carr? Does it make sense that if Tom Brady wants to play next year, would he play for the Raiders? And, and my source said, it's not a given that Josh McDaniels would want Tom Brady he might want Jimmy G. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. It's that look in her eye when you get the first sign. We make it personal, you know when it's real. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is locally owned and operated inside the beautiful new Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. Expect the most cutting-edge techniques, qualified doctors, and friendly staff to ensure the highest quality patient care. The ENT providers have extensive training to properly treat ear, nose, and throat conditions for adults and children. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat serves all of northern Utah and southern Idaho, accepting most insurance products, including SelectMed. Go to CashValleyENT.com for appointments and details. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, located in North Logan and Providence. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Experience Sunday brunch at Prodigy Brewing on Center Street. Churro French toast, beignets and berries, and everyone's favorite chili quiles. A delicious combination of eggs, house-made enchilada sauce, tortilla chips, avocado, and pico. Brunch has an all-new meaning of tasty when you visit Prodigy Brewing. Serve Sundays 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Prodigy's atmosphere is vibrant, energetic, and friendly. Whether it's with family or friends, Sunday brunch at Prodigy Brewing is a delicious experience. Prodigy Brewing, exceptional food, extraordinary service, and family-friendly on Center Street in downtown Logan. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. 
It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson and a uh, dancing Jason Walker. It's a good song. <laughs> Get you moving. Uh, Utah State getting ready to take on UNLV. Pre-game coverage on our sister station, KVNU. That'll start at 6. And the uh, game starts at 7, so a full one-hour pregame. And as soon as it's over, Al Lewis, Jalen Moore, John Russell, uh, they'll break it down, take your phone calls, and you can hear from coach and players as well, I uh, haven't. I haven't abbreviated pregame because we have Logan basketball kicking on. That's that'll be true. Simulcast from a. Uh, I'll just it'll just be. <laughs> it'll be playing on there. That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, but we'll hear more from Coach Odom here in a little bit, as uh, he shared his thoughts about UNLV, and we'll get into a little bit deeper dive as to who the Rebels are this year and what their season has looked like. Uh, we'll hear from the coach um, in setting up the uh, the game for later on tonight. But one of the things that we want to do here on Tuesdays is um, we, we look back at the week that was for high school basketball and we talk about our uh, Cash Valley Media Group, Region 11, Prep Basketball Player of the Week. There you go. Region 11 isn't technically part of the title. So. No, that's true. I just threw that. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> it is basically a Region 11 player of the week, but uh wanted to add the Cash Valley branding because that's what it is. We're not, like, officially re- deciding for Region 11 what a player of the week is. So, And uh, we could go beyond Region 11. Yeah, we could. We'll see if we ever get to that point. Yeah. We're, it started small, and we're slowly expanding and uh, expanding the scope. Of a house is going to work. So it's going to get better and better, more and more inclusive, and get to, you know, recognize more and more players as we go along here. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been fun to do. We started it in football season, continuing it through the basketball season. Last week started region play for boys and girls basketball. So their, their total number of games uh, wasn't very many. They only had one game each. But... Um, we we so we had the boys that played on Thursday and the girls on Friday. We got the nominations in. Uh, we put the uh, uh, put the vote to our panel uh, of judges, those who regularly call games or cover games for high school sports. And uh, it was it was kind of a copy paste kind of a, a decision on t- uh, for the candidates that, this week, Jason. There are a lot of players who scored like twenty to twenty one points per game. Uh, so there are a lot of different players to look at. It was kind of tough to make some uh, dis- deciding on the votes and the vote order. Yeah, and it was a very close vote. Um, and also had the most candidates I've ever had. There were eight of them. Um, there were a couple weeks where there were some good players. And we got to like six or seven. We had eight. You know, and there's only 12 teams between boys and girls, you know, um, Region 11. So, you know, dang near had one from every single team. Several teams that had, you know, that lost had players nominated just because 
they they played really well. Um, in between the the eight candidates, there were three double doubles uh, recorded. A couple people were actually close and didn't quite get to double doubles. Um, so almost had like four or five, and seven of the I think uh, six or seven of the players. Um, yes, seven of the eight nominees had twenty point games. So it was like, yeah, some of these players were on the losing end, but like it wasn't their fault. <laughs> They played really well. It wasn't for lack of their individual effort. Yeah, and so I ended up sending out the, the ballot a little later than normal, and so I didn't get as many votes initially. But still, after the first evening of voting, and I got you know about half the, the votes in um, before coming in today, and uh, you know normally after sending out the ballots Monday night, when I come in Tuesday morning, I start writing the who won article because I already know who's going to win because I can tell because um, they'll have enough votes. There's like no way they're going to you know have somebody catch up. Right. Well, when I came in Tuesday, when I came in Tuesday, it was tied. <laughs> the race was tied between two players and uh, I had to wait for more votes to come in. I was like, I, there's nothing I can do. Yeah. You, <laughs> and, you did a second call like, hey, guys. Yeah. I need your votes. In. Yeah. So uh, and I waited until that, like I think I have like a. South, like a deadline I haven't really specifically said of like 2 or 3 p.m. to like, but, you know, usually long by then I already know. But I was waiting up until like 3 o'clock. So, all right, we're going to see if another ballot comes in. <laughs> um, and then that's that. And so I finally cut it off. And by a pretty slim margin, this week's uh, Cash Valley Media Group Prep Basketball Player of the Week, Luke Sorensen of Ridgeline. Uh, he ended up with uh, 21 points, uh, five rebounds for them on offense. Uh, he was 7 of 11 from the field, so very efficient. A uh, bit of a slurpy night, I guess. He was also perfect 7 of 7 on free throws. He also added three steals, and his team won. A uh, bit of a first-half comeback and then second-half domination of Green Canyon. And, Luke, he's been nominated two or three times this year. Hasn't won yet. He'd had some of the most nominations without winning of most of these players. But, yeah, he he's finally gets on board. Being on one of the better teams, but not having been recognized yet. Yeah, it's interesting. And, um, you know, there, with, there were a lot of good performances. You know, for, uh, several uh, girls really stood out in what they were able to do. Um, a lot of great performances last week. Some, unfortunately, in losing efforts. But um, there's some great individual basketball being played here on Region 11, and it picks up again tonight. As uh, We've got a number of games going on tonight. We've got um, uh, the the high school basketball schedule for this evening. We'll have Bear River at Ridgeline. So for uh, Bear River fans in uh, the Tree Mountain area, you can listen to that game on 104.9 The Ranch, and we're hopeful that it stays on the air because I know it's been having some issues. But if it is off the air, you know you can always go to CashValleyDaily.com to watch it or to listen to it. We have links there. Uh, for the Ridgeline coverage, that'll be in 104.5, the ranch in Cache County. With the, Similarly, there'll be a separate link for them uh, for their broadcast. Uh, Logan is going to be at Skyview. Excuse me, Skyview is going to be at, at Logan. And uh, actually, you'll hear that here on the fan and on KVNU. Hurricane John Newbold, he'll be taking care of the duties because Jason is going to be covering Utah State tonight. 
Uh, and then Green Canyon hosting Mountain Crest tonight. And that will be on 100.9 Light FM and 107.7 KLZX. Uh, again, video streaming links available on CashValleyDaily.com right now, as well as other links to listen and, and uh, directions and where to listen to on your radio dial. But besides the, the boys' basketball games that are going on, we'll have games on Thursday as well. But, Jason, we've teased this, started teasing this last week, but uh, we've made the arrangements and we're ready to start announcing it publicly. We're going to get back to covering girls' basketball and have a featured game of the week again. Yeah, we'll have our, it will, I think we'll just call it the Region 11 girls' basketball game of the week. I don't know. I haven't decided on branding yet. Um, but yeah, one game per week, so it'll be five weeks. We obviously didn't include last week in this. We hadn't finalized it yet. But for the next five weeks, we'll have a girls' basketball game from Region 11 featured. Um, and it'll be broadcast on 107.7. That's where every game will appear. Then we'll also have the video streams. They'll be on the respective teams' uh, you know, YouTube channels, websites, whatever. So... Really excited to have this going. We're going to have every team, um, well, every team except Bear River will have a, you know, it's only five weeks, so somebody had to be the odd man out. But but we got every team's going to have a home game. And so every team also gets to appear in one of these games of the week. Um, it'll feature a couple teams a little bit more often, but it's going to be, you know, I'm really excited for it. Really excited to see these games happen and uh, glad we could pull this off. Yeah, so uh, it, it's, we're going to be covering like, every team in Region 11 will, will be included in the broadcast somehow. Um, and uh, for the next several weeks, we'll be able to highlight these girls' basketball teams, kind of their season, uh, what they're doing, and their players. And we'll have the video available on CashValleyDaily.com. It'll be on 107.7 KLZX. You'll hear different voices calling those games, which will be fun to get some different perspectives um, for what's going on. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. We look forward to doing that, and it starts this week. Yeah, this, and I've harped on this repeatedly. You're probably tired of hearing me say it, but there's some really great girls' basketball that happens in this valley, and so I'm really glad that we can put it on radio, put it on you know, video stream. If, you, you know, if you're not wanting to go out and just watch it yourself, you can at least watch it online and just, again, good old classic high school basketball. Some really good stuff played here. All right, and uh, so we'll get that published um, and uh, what that, when those games will be, so you know ahead of time what games will be featured as part of our Cache Valley Media Group uh, Region 11 Girls Basketball Game of the Week that's going to be starting on Friday. And that first game will be... Uh, It'll be Ridgeline at Skyview. Right. All, starting off big, these are two of the... I think this is one and two in RPI, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm looking at it right now, and you are correct. So, yeah. You get the big guns early. They're going strong. <laughs> it's a great way to start. Uh, so, anyway, that's what's coming up. Stay tuned for that. We'll have all additional details available on CashValleyDaily.com. Another quick timeout. When we come back, some more thoughts about Utah State and UNLV. We got comments from the coach. We'll have the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week. It's all ahead. Coming up on the Full Court Press. 
Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Do you own an RV or motorhome? If so, you know how hard it is to get it serviced locally. Not anymore. Bull Moose RV is in their new massive location at 1850 North, 600 West in North Logan. That means they have tons of space indoors to work on your RV or motorhome. Plus, they have more room for RV inventory for you do-it-yourselfers. Bull Moose RV, recently expanded to serve you better. Bull Moose RV at 1850 North, 600 West in North Logan. Online at bullmooserv.com. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750 the Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Is there a doctor here? Listen. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about this weekend's game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Just because you don't know what the future holds. If you're the Packers, you sit there and go, here we go again. And I will also be honest with you, he's answering a question of it being his last game at Lambeau Field. I don't know why Aaron does this. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 3 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker. A couple of your texts coming through. We'd love to get more of them. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in. 9315. I think Trevin does a good job as a big man with limited minutes, except the way the, the few games where he has too many fouls. Yes. Yeah, that is really this, the one thing that's holding him back from being, you know, really a really solid role player. 
um, in grabbing rebounds, deterring shots. And he'd be better at deterring shots if he didn't get so many fouls. Because um, he's been good at just being, maybe not getting blocks, but being positioning and just, you know, being huge. Because um, he has really improved his finishing, mostly in just dunking the basketball instead of trying to shoot a layup. Uh, a couple of the texts that came through, and I'm sorry, nine through one five. I'm I will read it as it was sent. I don't know that I understand your question, but in USU best play, how would that look to us as fan at the game with the player that we have? Wait, who sent this one? And that was nine three one five. Not sure I fully understand the question, but another one: Do we have a guy that sh- that should be doing hero ball on this team, like a Sam Sam Merrill? Uh, I don't think so. Well, Sam wasn't even particularly good at hero ball. No, he 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 wasn't. He was somebody who could get a shot if he needed him to. Um, is there someone on this team who can get a shot when you need him to? Um, you're probably looking at Max Schulga, who's able to break down guys sort of well, and then Bearstow can get some good moves. He has a Trouble doing it from a standstill. Um, Max Schuller is a little bit better doing it from a standstill. If you get Sean Bearstow moving a little bit, he can turn a corner and cause some things. And then he's got a paint turnaround that's, you know, it, it's one of those inefficient, but it's the hero ball shot. Um, and he's able to hit it a decent clip. Um, that's basically the two. Like, nobody else on this team is really able to, to create their own shot. Like I said, Bearstow and Shulga kind of can, but they're not great at it. Shulga is looking like he can maybe get to that point, but his go-to is to stop in the middle of the paint, do an up fake, and then shoot a turnaround jump shot. He never really seems to be able to get to the rim and actually finish his drive, either to draw a foul or to just shoot a layup. I think Ashworth is kind of on his way there, but he's... He's not quite there. And part of it's just limited by his size, but I think that he's kind of, well, I, I think just he's on his way. I don't think he there are moments where he looks like he can, but there are also times where it looks like, you know, he's he's not he's not there. I don't know if he really is a shot creator, at least for himself, in really any particular way, you know, from an isolation point. You know, coming off of a screen, yeah, sure. He can make things happen, you know, and a lot of players can do that. And generally, you're not just doing straight-up isolation. You're usually starting from a screen anyway. Um, even late in shot clocks, you'll try and work with a screen. Um, but Ashworth doesn't really have much of a step-back three. He doesn't really shoot in the mid-range very much, and, you know, most people really shouldn't. He doesn't really shoot floaters, and he can't really shoot layups. So, really, isolation scoring is not Ashworth's thing. His, you know, impact comes in many other different ways. And obviously he has the positive impact. Dude averages like 15 points a game. It's just not coming in isolation scoring, which is fine. There's not a whole lot of great isolation scores in college basketball. And the Aggies haven't had really very many of those um, in quite a while, really. Um, They they don't come along. Z Hamoda's the guy who you could see maybe becoming that a little bit. He's got to tighten up his handle a little bit, but he's the guy that probably has the best isolation potential. But again, when we go back to that that conversation, you know, you, you never want to have to rely on isolation. It's just something you can go. It's something that can be the 
when your back's against the wall, you go to that and you get a shot. That's the value of those kind of players. Or part of the value in those kind of players, I should say. It's not the only value. Utah State doesn't have an isolation score, so when they get stuck in these, you know, ruts, it's even more important that they have to execute their offense properly, and these guys have to keep their head on their shoulders, which it can be hard. Um, it's it's easy for me to talk about it sitting here in my chair, but you know, these guys need to, you know, you know, again, keep their head on their shoulders, execute the offense, run the plays, make the right passes, make the right cuts make the right moves, and that'll get them back in the rhythm. They can't just pull themselves up by their bootstraps because they don't have the talent to do that. Uh, five four five two texting in, if the Aggies end up losing to UNLV, it can all be blamed on the cursed black unis. Just burn them, horrible for football and not great for basketball. Yeah, I don't know why. Like You're coming off of a brutal loss, and granted they probably planned this a while ago, but still. Coming off a brutal loss, you've had a couple of really tough losses in, in recent games, and you're going up against a, a tough UNLV team, and you bring out the black shirts. Like, come on. <laughs> Have some self-awareness, guys. Uh, there's a bad trend here. Uh, 8968, you're right on UNLV in the last few years, but I remember the Aggies lost at least the first 20 games. Yeah, so... Historically, the Aggies have struggled. Yeah, historically, historically. Uh, 8739, any wrestling info or update? Nope, moving on. Uh, I I don't. (laughs) I know we've had some uh, duels uh, lately. There's some photo galleries on Cache Valley Daily. I think there were some locals who participated in the uh, state all-star meet, but I haven't seen what those results were. But um, I'm sorry, like I'm looking to expand high school coverage here. That's part of my responsibility i'm working on that but wrestling is one of those things that will be down the line uh, so sorry uh eight seven three nine no no information or update uh zero three six six eric you don't sound sound so well are you sick yes uh I, I mean i feel pretty good it's just my voice is just not there it's always fun uh, 4781 is 9315 using voice to text sometimes i get confused with his messages I think several people on here use text to speech for their speech to text for the text, and I've—I don't know—I don't mean to knock it because like you can't always, you know, be typing it out. And, there, and there's legitimate reasons. I know people who, um, you know, a person has dyslexia, and so they need to do. It, it's more helpful for them to do sure. speech to text, but it can be rough. Speech to text is—it's a you know, developing technology. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to single anybody out, but there are a number of times where Jason and I have to try to read between the lines as to what is being texted in versus what the intent uh, is uh, of that text to uh, make sense for all of us here on the show. So, yeah. Fat fingers, I know I'm guilty of that too. Yeah, and it's like I, I don't want to – I don't want to you know bag on anybody for, you know, not texting because the point of text is to be informal. Yes. And not perfect punctuation and spelling and and whatnot. So I I I, I don't want to put blame because I you know I don't want to discourage anyone from texting. No, we want your texts. We'd rather we'll, have. We'll a, do our best to try to make sense of it, but if we 
If we can't, we may just have to have you send it again another time. We'd rather have the occasional incoherent text <laughs> than have you not text in at yes, all. Yes, amen. Uh, another quick timeout here in the full court press. A lot more to cover. Utah State, uh, Utah Jazz. Uh, we've got uh, high schools and a lot that's on the, on the table today. Uh, and we've got comments from Coach Ryan Odom talking about UNLV. Aggies getting ready for the Rebels later on tonight at 7 o'clock in the Spectrum. We'll talk about that coming up on the Full Court Press. It's cold outside, but you can keep warm inside with a quality-built, super-efficient York furnace. Count on a furnace from York because it's backed by the strongest warranties available. It's just another way we install confidence. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, your local York dealer, at 752-7272. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. York. Install confidence. We're not comfortable until you are. Advanced heating and air. Crystal Vision would like to thank their clients for their best year yet. They're grateful for your business and trust. It's a new year, so time for a new look. Crystal Vision, the gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a frame style you'll love that will set you apart from others. Take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Let this be the year your glasses feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. It's never too late or too cold to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your drunker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, France and Jason Walker here in the Full Court Press. Just reminding you about the Napa case lot sale going on now. Napa Premium Oil, Napa Premium Synthetic Valvoline, Premium Blue Full Synthetic. It's all on sale. It's available now uh, at uh, Napa Auto Parts. They've got five different locations between Preston and Providence, plus uh, a lot of items to get your vehicle running smoothly during these cold winter months. Go check it out, Napa Auto Parts. They sponsor Dan Patrick above the noise a couple more texts coming through on our full court press text line eight nine six eight uh texting in as far as keeping their head on their shoulders let's ask jones about that yeah he's he's working on that yeah poor guy uh, a lot of shots to the head for that guy uh zero three six six dude cut some slack we're all driving while listening 
with the voice to text. Please don't text while driving. <laughs> don't don't text. It's okay to voice to text while you drive. Uh, nine three one five. Um, I got to go back here. I was saying eye candy for a fan at the game for USU. The type of players the current team has would look like what at a game? My screen is from black for something. Okay. Uh, then you still haven't gone to flow or track wrestling yet and looked up the schools in Region 11. Not that hard to start with. I think it's like there's a the website to... You can look up all the different competitions and whatnot. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and then Ajay was your hookup for help with the wrestling teams in the Valley. Deflator, where are you? I mean, I could ask him. But, again, I'm usually preoccupied with, with other things. I mean, I could, like, again, there's – I'm working on time management to be able to cover all these and, and look up all these high school sports. Yeah, uh, but I know there's been some, some, uh, some bigger meets here recently, so – uh, I'll see what I can do to try to get some updates on that. So I know that uh, we've been able to do that before. I will try to get some updates on that for you guys because I know uh, we've we've got some some wrestling fans in the audience who like to get those updates. So yeah, six two one one. Historically speaking, when Jerry Tarkanian was a coach at UNLV, Aggies never beat UNLV. Yeah, now those were some great entertaining games. But USU really had a hard time breaking through. Definitely a little different experience in the uh, modern era. Yeah, UNLV was you know an absolute powerhouse back then, and and one of the games actually was the highest scoring Utah State game ever, highest scoring for them, and also the highest combined point total between the two teams. And Utah State also lost that game. It's like 150 something to 140 something. That game <laughs> that was, it was insane. It was. I have to see if there's video that still exists of that game, but it was like back in the you know. 70s, 80s, or whatnot. Uh, at least in the or maybe, 80s. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look it up again. Yeah, this, this is a crazy game. 8968, eight. I know it's a thing now, but I believe a team whose colors are blue and, and white should wear black. Should or should not wear black? Part of it says shouldn't. Because, yeah, Utah State should never do a blackout. They just shouldn't. Um, But it's... A cool trend that somebody started doing, like, I don't know, probably some high schools started doing, like, I don't know how long these, like, I remember blackouts, you know, being a thing in the mid-2000s. I don't know if they predate that. But, you know, everyone wanted to do one because they're cool, and, you know, Utah was doing them. It's like Utah was doing the, the yeah, 8968. Should not. Should yeah, not. That's what I thought. Yeah. So, you know, Utah pulls off the blackouts really well, but, you know, BYU saw it, I was like, ooh. Blackout. We're gonna do a blackout. I was like, "What the heck are you doing?" <laughs> it's a chance to put different uniform combinations yeah. out there to get more people to buy stuff. But they look stupid. But the marketing department absolutely drools over it because they think it's oh so cool. The same marketing departments that come up with the jazz uniform, you know, change, uh, the rebrand, the same idiots. Like, I swear, like marketing departments are idiots because every single time they try and come up with these, it's like, yeah, those look dumb. You know, the U.S. men's national team can't get a good jersey out to save their lives. Um, and you get some good ones every now and again, but still, it's like they end up chasing these stupid trends and they end up making the dumbest decisions possible. Meanwhile, Utah State is sitting on a virtual gold mine in its whiteout stuff. Like, the whiteout stuff for Utah State is amazing. It works really well, and it works with their color scheme. 
Utah State and BYU should be doing the whiteout as well because their color schemes work much better and white's actually one of their colors. When you're at Utah, you know, don't do a whiteout for that. Do a blackout because the black and red looks amazing. Like they do blackout really, really well. And there's a lot of other schools that if they want to do a blackout, they can pull it off. You know, you, you can go down a list of, you know, schools that could do a blackout because their color scheme works with it. But teams that are like blue or green or different things. Hey, with yeah. the de- I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. After 22 years in the NFL, Tom Brady's future once again in doubt. The quarterback has had a rough year in Tampa. The offensive line banged up. Teams struggled as a whole. They couldn't run the football, but there still appears to be plenty of life in Brady's arm. After the team's loss to the Cowboys last night, can't help but wonder what's next for the Hall of Fame. He's now 45. We don't even question that age anymore, do we? The quarterback officially an unrestricted free agent. As of right now, there are plenty options for Brady. Tampa would love to have him back. Raiders, Niners, Dolphins, all rumored to be interested. And he's got the $375 million broadcasting contract with Fox waiting. It's impossible to predict which way Brady is leaning. He says he's taking it day by day. But with plenty of options available to him, it should be another interesting offseason for the all-time great. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.